Hello, Minimizers. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And you know what that means. It's beginning to look a lot like the Christmas shopping season. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Christmas gifts, getting them, giving them, and sometimes saying no to them as a minimalist. Then this Thursday on the Minimalist Private Podcast, Ryan and I are going to discuss joyous times, specifically focused on the holiday season and the many things like gifts, obligations, spending, debt, expectations, and overbearing family members that interrupt our joy during this supposedly most joyous time of the year. You can check that out at patreon.com slash the minimalists. Your support keeps our podcast and YouTube channel 100% advertisement free because advertisements suck. Our first question today is from Darwin. I sometimes feel bad about not giving a Christmas gift to someone because they might feel bad if I forgot about them. How do I deal with this? Ryan, Hmm. I I, I saw this um, Instagram post here, which I want to share with you. This is from No Chill, and you can see the caption there on the left. Can you read that for us? Dear friends, your Christmas gift this year is me. That's right. Another year of friendship. Your membership has been renewed. (laughs) Your Christmas gift this year is me. That's pretty good. I think that's where we start with a question like this. And I thought this was an important question to start with, Darwin. Thank you. You know, I think that, well, unfortunately, most of us care more about what other people think of us than our own contentment. Mm. And if you care more about what other people think of you than you care about your own contentment, joy, happiness, peace, then you're going to make yourself miserable trying to please everyone else. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean that trying to please everyone is bad. I really enjoy when people around me experience joy. In fact, joy can be contagious. Here's a misnomer, though. We think we're going to get joy from the getting of gifts. Mm. We get temporary pleasure. It sort of, it activates the serotonin in our brains and allows us to feel a burst of something that we mistake Mm. as joy. Mm. And we're afraid that if I don't make other people joyous, well, then I'm ruining the holiday season. I'm, I'm worried they're going to, they're going to think poorly about me. I'm going to feel bad because they feel bad because I forgot about them. Mm. So, you know, it's fascinating, Ryan. I can kind of, it's this time of year in particular. It's almost like I can smell the debt and the anxiety around that debt in the air. Yeah. The average person is going to spend about $1,000 this year on Christmas gifts. Wow, man. It really is. It gets, it's just more and more every year, too. Every year. In fact, I have this report. Let me read this real quick, Ryan. The NRF, which is the National Retail Federation, predicts the highest holiday retail sales on record in 2021. Holiday spending has the potential to shatter previous records as the National Retail Federation today's forecast that holiday sales during November and December will grow between 8.5 and 10.5% over wow. 2020. Wow. And 2020 was growth as well. Right. So last year it was 
843 billion. This year it's 859 billion. Man. That's almost a trillion dollars. Ryan, do you want to explain to folks how much a trillion dollars is? <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, if you started to spend uh, $1 every single second, uh-huh. it would take you over 31,000 years to spend a trillion dollars. And that's if you didn't sleep. It's if you didn't sleep 24 hours a day, every single second. $1, $2, $3, $4, $5, $6, 31,000 years. That math is correct. You all can check me on that. Um, but yeah, if you spent a million dollars a day, since the birth of the Buddha, you still wouldn't have spent a trillion dollars by now. That's like some Dan Blazarian kind of spending. Dude, it's, yeah, right? It's, well, it's funny how, like, we hear a trillion dollars, um, you know, the government just passed this trillion dollar uh, infrastructure deal, our, our consumer debt is, you know, 12 trillion, over 12 trillion dollars. It's almost now, like, it's, it's used so much that we, it doesn't seem like a lot to us, and that's definitely a problem. Right. Yep. In, in fact, because we get confused. We say million and millionaires and billionaires, right? And we talk about million, a million dollars. It's like a million seconds is like 12 days, right? right? Right. A billion seconds is like 32 years. Right. It's so it's nearly impossible for us to distinguish the difference in our head because yeah. they sound very similar. Trillion is way beyond that. As you said, yeah. 31,000 years yeah. in order to spend a trillion dollars if you kept spending every second. The staggering part of what you just said is if you went out and spent a million dollars every single day. It's nuts. You, I mean, it's impossible. For, for thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. Since, since the birth of the Buddha. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And so what we're doing is we're spending ourselves into this whole debt, mm. anxiety, stress, discontent, overwhelm. Mm. We're consuming things to try to make people happy, but that is actually making us miserable. Now, why are we doing this? Because we are more concerned with what other people think about us. We're more concerned with maintaining a tradition that is no longer working for us. However, we have some alternatives. I have another article here Hmm. from our good friend, Joshua Becker. He runs the website called Becoming Minimalist. He was in our first film on Netflix, which is called Minimalism. Mm -hmm. And this article is called, If There Was Ever a Year to Give Experiences for Christmas Rather Than Physical Possessions, This Is the Year. Heck yeah. The subtitle here is, Inflation, supply chain issues, delayed mail. If there was ever a year to start giving experiences for Christmas rather than physical possessions, this is the year. A few years ago, my friend and his family of six started a new holiday tradition. Rather than spending money on a bunch of stuff we don't need, we started a new Christmas tradition, he said. Every day of the week after Christmas until New Year's, we did something fun as a family. Let's start, stop for a second, Ryan, talk yeah. about tradition. We, we use that mm. word tradition, mm. and it often sounds good, mm. but traditions can be great. They can also be incredibly limiting, disempowering, anxiety-producing. Yeah. And the problem is we, we cling to these old traditions without yeah. ever questioning them. Sure. I mean, if you do something for the sake of tradition, then, yeah, it can be a detriment for sure. I mean, what I love about this is, you know, with these experiences that Becker is talking about, he's still showing the people around him that he loves them. He wants to uh, add value to their lives. And that's, that's really what Darwin is questioning here. Like, how can I, how can I still show people that I love them? How, how can I still be compassionate towards others without buying them a gift? Um, I'll tell you though, man, like 
So I, I think experiences are great to give, and that's what, what I would definitely choose first, first over any anything else. That's what Mariah and I gift each other: um, experiences or you know maybe consumables. But my mother, um, she basically had expressed to me one time. She's like, you know, it really is frustrating you don't acknowledge me on Mother's Day or uh, my birthday. This is like ten or so years ago. And uh, she's like, you know, I'm not asking for a lot. Just like, you know, just acknowledge me that I exist. Mm. Um, so I would call her and uh, I sent her like some flowers. So there's an ephemeralness there. I sent her some chocolates, you know, something like that. And all it took was like a little bit of that to make her feel seen mm-hmm. and to show her that I do love her. Now, is that how I f- feel like I should show love? No, I don't think flowers and chocolate is a way to show love, but she feels yeah. that that's a way to be shown love. So I, th- I think there's this balance between um, you still want to respect other people's preferences to a certain extent, uh, you know, as long as it doesn't fall, uh, as long as it doesn't uh, cross over these lines that you've drawn in your life with your values or, or maybe your beliefs. Um, but yes, it's so there's a balance. What I'm trying to get at is there, there's a balance between uh, someone thinking about you like, oh, wow, like my mom thinking about me, Ryan loves me, Ryan sees me, Ryan appreciates I'm his mother, mm-hmm. versus someone who's looking at it and saying, I can't believe you only spent $100 on me. Right. That's not love. I, and there's, I don't know where that balance falls, but I know with me, it's it usually, it's it's with the consume anything past consumables or an experience, like that's where I start to um, not care about what other people think about me. What you're saying is your mom sees that as a way to acknowledge her, and it's not an unreasonable expectation that she has. Sure. If, for, however, she was like, I can't believe you don't buy me a new car every Christmas. Right. You'd be like, ha ha. Right. Yeah, good luck with that. Right. right? Yeah. And it's easy to dismiss that. And so I, I want to be careful here because what Ryan and I aren't saying is, well, just jump up and say, bah humbug, screw the holidays as a minimalist. No, perhaps there's a better way to create a new tra- tradition, one that doesn't stress you out. Because let's be honest for a moment. The average person in your life is also stressed out by the holiday obligatory gift giving yeah and they don't want to have to give you something and they don't really care about the thing that you're going to give them Mm -hmm. if you're merely giving it to them out of obligation Mm. you can tiktok that danny unknown now uh let's return to this article here sometimes it was simple pizza and a movie other days it was more extravagant horseback riding etc but we took that money so every day after christmas they took that money and they would they would have spent on physical gifts so let's say you were going to spend eight hundred dollars this christmas season Mm. they took that money and spread it out over the week making sure everyone got to do something they really enjoyed after the holiday season i asked him how it went he replied with a smile on his face best decision we ever made a new family tradition has been born we're already looking forward to next year that's not something that people can often say in fact here's the question that i want to posit back to darwin here when Darwin says, I sometimes feel bad about not giving Christmas gifts to someone because they might feel bad. Well, first off, are you manufacturing that belief yourself? Mm. Is it actually you who feels bad because you feel that peer pressure of society, the cultural imperative to buy a physical material good? And if so, you can let that go. Mm-hmm. That You just stop clinging to it. That's how you let that go. But here's the other question to ask yourself. Will this actually matter a year from now? That, that tie clip you got your friend, right? The 
um, oven mitt that you purchased your significant other. <laughs> will any of this matter a year from now or worse? Will it matter in a negative way? Will it matter because a month from now, six months from now, 12 months from now, it's just taking up all this extra space mm. in your house. Mm. There's a story of uh, Jason and Jennifer Kirkendall in our book, Love People Use Things, where they actually saw our documentary, like a lot of people did, on Christmas morning, 2016. Yeah. And she was contrasting the simple lives on the screen with all of these presents that had been unwrapped. They're two kids, and both of them unwrapped all these gifts, and the kids had already forgotten about most of the gifts. Mm. And the present that Jason bought Jennifer with their group credit card, they went to debt for a Christmas gift, it was in a drawer and sort of uh, unwelcome, unthought of, yeah, discarded in mm. a way. Mm. And so we discard our things without letting them go. We continue to cling to them out of obligation. Yeah. Let's return to the text here. When we found minimalism 12 years ago, Becker says, we also decided to change how we celebrated the holiday season, limiting our children's gifts to three, one thing they need, one thing they want, and one experience to share with the family. I think it's a beautiful boundary. Hey, you want something? Great. We'll get that for you for Christmas, Mm. right? Yeah. Here's something you need. We'll get that for you for Christmas. And then here's an experience. And we're going to talk about some of those experiences here what in a, a moment. Ex- what a good, good example of how uh, minimalism does not have to be deprivation. Because I think often like people think, well, like they'll see, you know, uh, a picture of your home and there's not a ton of art on the walls. Mm-hmm. I couldn't live in such a gray, contrasted, stark, white, qu- you know, quiet room. And it's like okay cool like yeah. josh can <laughs> i'm not asking you to right exactly yes you could damn it right but and they, you will right <laughs> but they associate that with like well he's a minimalist so of course he's not gonna have paintings or he's a minimalist so of course he's not gonna have whatever uh but that's that's not the case i mean that's just like one little snippet really it's it's what is what adds value to your life man but this is great because it shows you that it's okay to have things that you want that's right it's okay to have some non-essential goods in your life right yeah the non-essentials as long as they're not junk actually add value to our life Mm -hmm. the problem is especially with the holidays we've got the no junk rule right Mm. which darwin you can download for free we've got the 16 rules for living with less theminimalists.com slash rule book. It's the minimalist rule book. Download it for free. It's not really rules. They're, they're boundaries mm. that you can set up for your own life, for your family's life, getting their buy-in as well. One of those is the no junk rule. Everything you own fits in one of three piles. It's either essential, non-essential, but value-adding, or it's junk. Most of the things we buy during the holidays, this $859 billion we're spending this year, the vast majority of it is on junk. Ryan, you sometimes talk about how we spend $1.2 trillion a year on non-essential goods, mm. most of which is junk. Yeah. We're buying junk, we're putting wrapping paper on it, and then offloading that junk on someone else, going into debt to buy things that people don't want, mm. they don't need. Here's something that you may want to consider. Instead of buying gifts for everyone in your family, just buy them a trash can, and that way they can put all the unwanted gifts in that trash can and drag it right out to the curb <laughs> on Christmas morning. <laughs> All right, so um, he uh, talks about these boundaries here. One thing you want, one thing you need, one experience with the family. To celebrate holidays differently, you need to make the decision to do so. I think that's the thing. If you keep doing the same thing you did before and you felt discontent from it, or maybe it was working for a season for you, but now you realize like, 
this is really stressing me out. Yeah. There are too many obligations. I have to go to too many families' houses. I have to buy too many gifts. I have to do too many white elephant work party gift exchanges. Remember those? Dude, those are fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's garbage. Um, oh, it is garbage, but it's, it's entertainment for sure. <laughs> and we'll actually talk about how we can have fun, but in a way that you're not stressing yourself out over it yeah so um he goes on to say and if there was ever a year to try out a change this is the one news reports are already surfacing that this holiday season may be filled with increased challenges and frustrations uh that's the supply chain issues we've experienced it ourselves dude you, you've seen four video tours if you're a Patreon supporter. By the way, shout out to our live stream. We're, we're live streaming this on Patreon. We'll get to you in a moment, get some of your comments and your questions about Christmas gifts. But um, we've done four video tours of our studio space, the studio build out. And we've been building the studio out for most of this year. Mm. And it's taken a long time for a few reasons. One is we wanted to be intentional. But two, there are some serious supply chain issues. Yeah, The podcast desk that we have coming in is gorgeous, but it was stuck in customs for over a month. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just on a boat on shore somewhere or where, I don't know what they did, but it was stuck there, right? Mm -hmm. And certain parts, being able to get different things took forever. This tabletop for this table that we're using right now took forever to get. And so there's certain lighting, cameras, cables, the SDI cables that Jordan is using, they took months for those to arrive. Oh, wow. For a cable. Yeah, the chip short. There's a lot of shortages, man. It's right. crazy. And so there's well, going to be more of that this year than ever. So we were at the um, the U-Haul place because we had to move those paintings yesterday. And the guy was talking about how uh, these U-Haul trucks are constantly being targeted uh, to be stolen. And one of the things he mentioned, well, I forget what it was, but there's something to do with the chip shortage. They could like basically take, uh, you know, take it apart Restamp with different serial numbers, and because of the chip shortage and the different supply chain shortages, like there's a booming business right now with like stealing U-Haul trucks. Essentially, that's right. It's crazy. That yeah. It, and the the reason that well we're we have the scarcity mindset, right? As soon as something isn't available, we want it more. Mm. It's the reason that retailers do this, right? Mm. Act now. Supplies are limited. Doorbuster sales. Black Friday. This is actually coming out um, a few days after Black Friday. But that used to be the busiest shopping day of the year. In some years, it still is. But now Cyber Monday, also the Saturday before Christmas because last minute scrambling for things. Last minute scramble day. (laughs) You're right. Dude, I worry about the shortages that are happening now, how much of them are fabricated and how much of them are actually uh, real problems. I think it's more of the latter, but there's certainly what's happening because you have these real problems. You have corporations and different entities who are taking advantage. Oh, yeah. We can charge more for this because, yeah, if we fake a shortage. Yes. I mean, that's it's essentially what the diamond industry is. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's the most parodic example of it. Yes. In fact, yeah. it's not a parody, but it seems like a parody. Right. Like, hey, you know what? We'll sell these stupid rocks to people for thousands of dollars. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's nuts. And you know how we'll do it? Diamonds are forever, right? Mm-hmm. Everlasting devotion and love is represented by this rock that some kid lost an arm procuring in Sierra Leone Mm. so that you can have a shiny thing on your finger or chain or ear or whatever, right? And so um, that's particularly grotesque. Now, uh, not that there's anything inherently wrong. In fact, here's the problem. The problem is when we assign the meaning to it. Right. Yeah. In fact, you can make diamonds in a lab now that are 
precise. That are yeah, and that are actually better quality. Yes. Than like the regular carbon diamonds. Yeah. And they're well, they're carbon. They're they're real diamonds. Right. So we're yes. not talking about cub- cubic zirconiums or whatever they're called. Yeah. We're talking about real diamonds, but they're manufactured. They're not found in nature, and no one had to lose their limbs or life in order to procure them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're not quote real, even though they're more real than the quote real yeah. ones. Isn't that interesting? So like. They can make a perfect diamond, flawless, yes. in a lab with real carbon. That isn't worth as much as something that was found naturally and has like imperfections with it, right? And to the extent where like they even have like different, you know, with diamonds, it's a different scale. They got like the color scale and the carbon scale and what you can see in there. And that that imperfect thing mm-hmm. is less quality but right. more expensive. I mean, that is that's how pernicious the diamond industry is. And I would even understand that if diamonds were actually rare, but what De Beers is doing, they have a monopoly, monopoly on industry. They only release, what is it, like 2 to 5% of the diamonds. So 95% right. of them are, are hoarded yeah. to prevent people from, from buying them. Because if you flood the market with that much supply podcast sean will tell you the price will go down significantly right he's our resident economist here (laughs) right and and so uh that's how markets work and so if you if they just flooded the market with all the diamonds the price would go down significantly now what have have they done they've created an artificial limit on the amount that can be purchased Mm. Well, what does that sound like? It sounds like every store down on Fairfax right now. Yeah, they're. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what about the, this week's clothing drop? The new Supreme drop? What's going on at the hundreds? What, all of these things that are going on to create this false sense of scarcity and to make you what? To make you feel incomplete. You're incomplete if you don't buy this. And oh, by the way, you're not a good husband or lover or daughter or son or parent if you don't buy the right things for the people you love. This is the only way you can show your love. But of course, that's absurd. We hear that gift giving is a love language. Mm. But that's like saying pig Latin is a romance language. It's total nonsense. You can drop that right now. Gift giving is not a love language. It, well, adding value is a love language. Dude, it's funny. Um, it makes me think about we were in Gold Coast and somebody asked, they're like, you know, I don't, like gift giving is my love language, which let's say it is, okay? Like I, I agree. It's probably, it's not a love language, but let's let's just for a minute give this person the benefit of the doubt that gift giving is their love language. And he was like, how do I show my love uh, like a minimalist when my love language is gift giving? My first thought is, is don't you want to show people love the way that they want to receive it, not the way that you want to give it? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, right there kind of like breaks down for me the whole gift giving is a love language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what you're, what you're exposing there is there are some people who want to receive gifts because they might need something, they sure. want something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if it's appropriate, fine. However, if it feels like an obligation, it probably is. Mm-hmm. If it's stressing you out, that is a sign to let go, not of the things, but of the obligation to give physical goods to other people at Christmas time. Yeah. I'm going to continue this article here. It's almost finished. Inflation is reaching new levels we haven't seen in decades. Yeah, I think at the highest inflation in 31 years it's this nuts, year. Man. It really is. Millions of people just lost pandemic era unemployment benefits. And an important phenomenon took place in 2020. People, oh, this is gross, man, but it it makes sense. People began spending more on goods and less on services. As a percentage of personal spending, non-consumable goods increased 6% in 2020, while services fell by 7%. Some sectors falling by 20 to 30%, like recreation, travel, etc., 
All that to say, in 2020, most Americans, and I think this spreads to the Western world as well, most Americans spent the year purchasing more and more physical possessions and fewer and fewer services and experiences. Dude, they're stuck at home. Yes. Of course, Amazon's doing awesome. They, right. yeah, they, they offer you a, a home shopping experience. Right. I like rude the day that, um, and maybe we've talked about this in the past, but like, I, I believe in virtual reality and in, in an augmented reality, especially like there's some going to be some really cool stuff, I think on the horizon. But what I worry about is with technology like that, you're also going to have the bad stuff on the horizon, which is, uh, you know, you're going to be able to go to a, a shopping mall basically with your VR headset mm-hmm. and have this shopping mall experience from home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you can do it from home, yeah, it's going to increase for sure, especially during a pandemic. That's right. And so he goes on to say that if our homes weren't full enough in 2019, they're even fuller in 2021. Mm. Ooh, that's a uh, double entendre. Fool enough. We're all fools for what we consume. We're consuming mm. so much. And you look in the mirror and it's like, ah, and we all experience it, right? That that regret. The what what, what it was it, it's even there's a return um nomenclature for this mm. um buyer's regret buyer's remorse remember mm. that yeah sean used to manage a bunch of inventory and so like some one of the return reasons was buyer's Buyer. remorse yeah we all have buyer's remorse because we're buying a bunch of things that aren't adding value to yeah. our lives yeah. he uh, he goes on to say most of your family and friends desire what if there was every year to start giving experiences for Christmas rather than phys- physical possessions, this is the year. Most of your family and friends desire that anyway. Mm. That's the key. Most of the people you know are also overwhelmed by the holidays. Now, he says, every year I post a list of 52 clutter-free gift ideas. I'm going to hand this over to you, Ryan. But this is from Joshua Becker. This so far has over 12 million people have uh, shared this nice. and, and seen it. So 52 clutter-free gifts, experiences, classes, memberships, consumables. You want to read some of your favorites on here, Ryan? Uh, concert tickets. That's one that Mariah and I definitely do. Uh, movie passes. Yeah, theater tickets. Um, bowling passes. I love bowling. Daddy-daughter date. That's what I'm going to give you, Josh. Oh. <laughs> For you and Ella. <laughs> uh, you can, with classes, you can do cooking. Man, I would love to take some cooking classes. I, we live in LA, man. There's like, again, this is the seven on the Enneagram uh, myself where like, I feel like I don't do enough in Los Angeles. But one of those things is cooking. Mm-hmm. There are so many cooking classes and like, yeah, awesome cooking classes. I should, we should Mariah and I should totally do that. Um, yeah, music, painting, art, home brewing, scuba diving, uh, consumables. You got fruit baskets. Mm. Mm. I love baskets made of fruit. <laughs> consumables. Flowers. I love eating flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have had flowers at a, a nice restaurant Heck I took yeah. back to once. They, oh, yeah. they had like these edible bougainvilleas. There were a couple on there that really stood out to me. Uh, Which ones? Which in, one stood out to you? Indoor rock climbing oh, w- yeah. was one. Um, now, we're in LA, so you can just do outdoor rock climbing. But mm-hmm. for this time of year, if you're in most parts of the country, indoor rock climbing makes a ton yeah. of sense, right? A great experience. Escape rooms. I've never been to an escape room. I don't know. If, I mean, you don't. You're not. You and Bex hate games. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying for me, but I'm saying for most people. Oh, yes. I was gonna say. I don't know if you would like an escape room. I wouldn't. I can tell you right now. It's I don't an like hour bur- of pure joy. You would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, it's uh, uh, you know what? I, any of these things that require fun, <laughs> count me out. But here's the thing: I also understand that sometimes I'll do some of these things, like uh, like rock climbing is not pure joy, but it is like in the moment. Uh, and that's I, what we call type two fun. Oh, is it? Yeah, tell me about so, this. So type, you've never heard of this? All right, so type one fun. Is it like type two diabetes? Uh, it's similar, but no. No, sorry. So type one fun is it's fun from start to finish. An escape room would be pretty much a type one fun. Okay. Because you get in there, you're playing a game the entire time. There's some problem solving, mm-hmm. but it's pr- but it's pretty much fun from start to finish. Yeah. Rock climbing is type two fun where there's a lot of work up front. And like as you're going through the work, you're getting closer and closer to the finishing point. And when you finish, like that's when you can have the fun. Mm-hmm. So you got to work for all that fun. Ah. And then there's type three fun, which um, I don't know. Maybe rock climbing would be type three, but it's type three fun is is work from start to finish. Okay. It's like, and then you just like like actually going to the gym would be type three fun. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I prefer both two and three to one. Yeah. And. I, I sort of, you know, David Foster Wallace has a great essay called A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again. Mm. And it's about a cruise ship, which is type one fun, right? But it's sort it, of... It's I sort really of, want to do a cruise ship. Oh, wow. I we could do the minimalist cruise. I, well, no, there, there's something about having that experience because I know people and know of people. So DFW, and then I also uh, have some friends who are uh, the Bergamot, uh, who they've opened up for us. And um, yeah, great band. Check them out, Bergamot. Uh, they did a cruise ship for like a month and they were talking about how it was like again this thing that like they were so grateful that they had the opportunity to do that they'll never do again uh, <laughs> yeah that's exactly yeah. and i've i went on one when i was like 17 i think and yeah i can't imagine ever going back podcast channel will put a link to the bergamot in the show notes i'm also going to put a link to this article from joshua becker and a link to these 52 clutter-free gifts on Facebook. This is from Joshua Becker as well. Shout out to Joshua Becker. He has a new book coming out, by the way. It's called uh, Things That Matter. And I think we'll mm. bring him on the podcast. It comes out next spring, I believe. Heck yeah. We'll bring him on the podcast. We've done live events with him before. He was one of the people who originally inspired us to become minimalists and eventually the minimalists. Yeah. I've got some other articles here as well, Ryan, but we don't have time for them. I will address them on the Maximal episode on the Minimalist cool. Private Podcast this Thursday. And uh, oh, Darwin, let's send you a couple uh, tickets. If you want an experience, I don't know what city you're in, but uh, let's send you two tickets to the Love People Use Things Tour. That's getting ready to start up. So anyone who wants to buy some gifts for anyone who might find value in minimalism. You know the best experience you could buy someone? Tickets to our event. Tickets to less. <laughs> it's the Love People Use Things Tour. 11 cities left. We're going to be in New York and Boston, Washington, D.C. and Toronto and Chicago and Columbus and Minneapolis and Vancouver and Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles. Early 2022. It's in January and February. Finishing up the Love People Use Things Tour. We've already done nine events. All 20 events are available over on Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash The Minimalist. So Darwin, whatever city you're in, I'd love to send you a couple tickets at no cost. Whatever city's closest to you. TheMinimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. Alabama, we're going to check in with some Patreon supporters on the live stream. Do we have a comment at this point? Anyone commenting? Questions as well? We could probably get to the questions on the maximal. Yeah, um, plenty of questions that we can get to later. Uh, a lot of comments thanking you for the advanced warning that we're going uh, live. Um, a lot of people really appreciated that. Mm. 
Um, we also have a lot of people talking about um, like the experience-based gifts. Um, they also help out with small businesses, Angela said down here, um, mm. especially getting back on their feet after the pandemic. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things that were recommended were um, axe-throwing tickets um, as an experience-based gift. You would Someone hate axe. It's so much husband. fun. You would hate axe-throwing. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I've done that twice in LA so far. It's, yeah, it's I, awesome. I think you bring up a great point is also if you are going to buy anything, whether it's consumables, experiences, et cetera, supporting local mom and pop shops, small businesses, indie businesses, as opposed to big box retailers, often helps people thrive at a time where it's really difficult for small independent businesses to thrive. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for the lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and your comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Those texts go to both of our phones, strangely. We answer as many as we can. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I Answer your questions with a short, shareable, less than 140-character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, minimalmaxims.com. Sarah has a question for us, Alabama. How do minimalist families handle Christmas stockings? Each year, we feel pressure to fill the stockings with junk food or other consumables. Is there any way to get around the consumerist mentality of buying more? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't want to buy a bunch of junk. However, I really like this question because it's my favorite part of the tradition, that and Christmas lights, which I actually make part of the experience. So we yeah. always take Elle out to like a either we'll go to Rodeo Drive because they have great Christmas lights and Santa is there as well. We've never told her that Santa was real or, or anything like that, but we, you know, it's sort of like cosplay, right? Mm -hmm. He dresses up, we pretend, and it's fun to you know, have the magic of imagination. Yeah. And the stockings, the other side, so we'll take her to lights. Also, they have these crazy, beautiful light shows at different location we'll go to this one in pasadena that is beautiful there's another one in long beach that i think we're going to try this year and so you have these opportunities to go to these these light displays which is great but the stockings i actually really enjoy the stocking now what we'll try to do is we'll, we won't get her one of the giant ones we'll get her one that's relatively small a and minimalist it, stocking sort of not a deprivationist stocking that's a different size stocking <laughs> that's right yeah, it's uh <laughs> well, no what, what you do if you're a deprivationist is you give her the stocking you rip it out of her hands and you throw it in the trash <laughs> and you say bah humbug we're not doing christmas this year ella and, and you give her a good lesson for christmas <laughs> <laughs> eat this lump of coal oh my goodness now here's here's the thing I enjoy the stock. We'll get her like a smaller one, but then we'll fill it up like because it's all about perspective, right? If you get mm -hmm. one of those giant stockings, you fill it halfway. It's like, oh, you didn't even fill it up. But you have a smaller stocking. It's just teeming with things that she'll actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. So here are some of the things I'm putting in Ella's stocking this year. I wrote them down this morning. A purple toothbrush. Mm -hmm. She always enjoys getting a purple toothbrush. Mm -hmm. um, and so these are things that people need quite often, right? Magnifying glass. So she can go out and explore nature on her own and burn ants. <laughs> Actually, I don't think she would ever burn ants. Uh, we just bought her these chocolate stirring spoons, Ooh. which I think I'm also going to get Ryan for Christmas as Delicious. well. Delicious. You know what I'm talking about, though? Like oh, we, yeah. For the hot cocoa. I'm just going to eat the spoon, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> just That's give fine. Me, just give me chocolates. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, you get to stir it in. She likes stirring into the hot cocoa. We'll do that. And they're like three different ones. There's one with like caramel, one with peppermint, which she may or may not like. Um, Oh, character band-aids. Oh, I would like those too. <laughs> Isn't it funny how kids just love band-aids, man? Yes. It's like, I, yeah. 
kids are like they'll make up they'll see like a little blemish uh-huh and they'll be like, oh, I need a Band-Aid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And so I'm trying to see if they have Harry Potter ones because she's been in the Harry Potter for the last year and a half or so. Mm. And she's really sort of out of, almost out of the Frozen phase, mm. even though she's still, she kind of likes it still. But, you know, it's, she's gotten a bit old for it. She's eight and a half at this yeah. point. Actually, I don't say half. She's eight, and um, she'll be half. nine eventually. I never use the word half. I would never even talk about it. <laughs> She's eight and eight and fifty percent. <laughs> She's eight point five. <laughs> oh, movie tickets. So. Finding a movie for her is challenging because she's terrified of everything. I know, man. Although we did watch the first two Harry Potters. And she didn't freak out. She freaked dude, out they, a little bit during the second one. Dude, they get darker and darker, too. She won't be able to watch like the last. The last two are like dark. Okay. Anyway. Well, well, we'll see. If she wants to run, she can. Oh, dude, so, she couldn't handle Gremlins. She cannot handle Harry Potter. Yeah, Gremlins <laughs> is funny. I, I had and no the, idea why she thought it was terrifying. <laughs> uh, here, I'm getting her some art supplies. That, that's going into the stocking. Some hair ties. Kids love colorful hair ties, right? Yeah. And so um, she loses them all the time. And so it's just replenishing some of the things she might have lost anyway mm-hmm. or outgrown, etc. Mm-hmm. And then most important, uh, I'm going to give her... Well, I'm going to give to charity in her name. So she's contributing to charity as well. I don't have time to go through the whole article. We'll go through it on the private podcast, but put a link to this as well. Sean, this is from the Spruce. It's called the top six charities that help children at Christmas time. So things like Toys for Tots, Operation Christmas Child, Make-A-Wish Foundation, and three others. And we'll talk about those on the Maximal episode mm. this Thursday. I got something pithy for you, though, Ryan, hmm. because we don't want to be bah humbug about this. My pithy answer is this. Dispossession drives discontentment. Mm. Let's talk about what dispose- dispossession is. Dispossession is when someone has something and you actively take it from them. Yeah. So you've dispossessed them, right? Now, I will also say that our possessions often dispossess us. They yeah. take experiences away they take part of our life away they take away our joy quite often but the same thing is true if you you grew up experiencing this ryan you your father didn't let you celebrate holidays and Mm -hmm. it was a type of dispossession and you sort of felt left out Mm -hmm. and so we don't make it about consumerism for the holidays but we also don't deprive her of the things that well she might enjoy getting in the first place i got spanked for eating a piece of birthday cake when i was five Oh my god! <laughs> Actually, no, I was four. <laughs> well, next week we're going to talk about being in a cult. Yeah. Um, oh so god. tune in next week. We have uh, Amanda Montrell coming onto the podcast. She wrote a book called Cultish. We're going to talk to you about whether minimalism could become a cult, and also the cult that Ryan grew up in. My little sister. Um, I forget. I have to ask her, but she got punished for eating a birthday uh, cupcake. Unbelievable. I man. know, man. <laughs> you got oh, something pithy for us? Spare the rod, spoil the child. Anyway, um, pithy answer is this. Don't let your Christmas be consumed by peer-pressured purchasing. Mm, we, some alliteration. That's right. I notice all, a lot of our pithy answers have <laughs> alliteration in them. Indeed. Um, so, you know, here's the thing. is this, It's okay to buy things. It's okay to give someone an experience or maybe it is an act. It's a purple toothbrush, mm-hmm. but don't be peer pressured. As soon as you let yourself be peer pressured in the purchasing things for Christmas, it's going to ruin your Christmas. So don't let that ruin your Christmas. Amen. Well, we got so much more to talk about, Ryan, but Malabama, you got something for us first? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hi, my name is Stefania. I'm calling from St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm calling with a suggestion for your clothing episode. I've been using these socks called Darn Tough 
It's a company from Vermont. Um, they guarantee their socks for life. I think all they sell is socks, actually. And while they are a little bit pricey, they do go on sale. Um, and the thought of having socks that will last either my entire life or that will be replaced by the company feels really right, like it's right up my alley. Um, I've had these socks for over a year now, and they look as good as new. Um, I have had to return one pair, and the company had excellent customer service, so I highly recommend them. Hey, Josh. Hey, Ryan. This is in response to your podcast, Dealing with Criticism. Uh, there's a quote that I found recently that I've been implementing into my life to really help me. It goes as follows. Treat everyone with politeness, even those who are rude to you. Not because they are nice, but because you are. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week. Like, how do I get my mother-in-law to stop giving me gifts? How do I say no to family members who think I'm being snobby and standoffish simply because I don't want to participate in gift giving? And how can I give meaningful gifts that my friends and family will enjoy? Plus a million more questions for the minimalists about the holiday season. And if you want to hear all that, check out the Minimalist private podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash the minimalists to subscribe and get your personal link so that our weekly private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You'll also gain access to hundreds of hours of private archives, recordings of live events, exclusive home tours, and our private community of thousands thousands of open-minded minimizers like you. You can follow The Minimalists on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Minimalists. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com or call 406-219-7839. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list on our website. You'll also receive our simple Sunday email newsletter for free. And if you leave here today with just one message... Let it be this, love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it.